attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. And I guess for Adam, uh, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. And <laughs> he's not here again. I'm sorry. Adam is still moving his whole family to New York City, and I think in this present moment they are in the throes of unpacking a bunch of boxes, and we miss him so much, but he will be back soon. And in the interim, I have another fan favorite visiting the podcast today. I have the fabulous Sierra Leone here today. Hello, everybody. Sierra, thank you for joining again. If you keep making me impossible burgers, I'll never stop being on this uh, podcast. Our unpaid intern, (laughs) also known as my husband, just made us the best burgers and homemade like little fry. I don't know what you call those, like French fry slices. Yeah. Potato potato wedges. Yeah. Potato wedge. Of sort. He even made a dipping sauce. Two dipping sauces. Two dipping sauces. One was very spicy. Yeah. I know. So good. He's great. So accommodating. We have beer. We have a nice evening ahead of us. And yes, welcome to the podcast. Thank you again, Sierra, for joining. Happy to be here. All right. Well, I guess to start things off, I wish, you know, Adam could be here. He loves his mouse musings, but he's not today. So I figured I'd give you a couple of updates over at Disneyland, which admittedly haven't been a lot. There's a lot going on over at Disney World right now because they've got the Festival of the Arts at Epcot. I don't know, Sierra, if you heard about the six hour long line for a figment popcorn bucket, but I think it kind of broke the internet. Do you even know what figment is? I know who figment is, but I did not hear of a six fig, uh, six figure, six hour line. I think that's how much you'd have to pay me to wait in a line that long for <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Same. I mean, I don't understand why people go crazy for popcorn buckets in general. It's, it's not my thing. I think my thing, as I'm now realizing this in the moment, is to kind of like say negative things about Disney merchandise. I think that's my thing. I'm sorry to say, I think it's my thing because I don't like Loungefly. I don't love mini ears. And now I'm going to say it. I don't like the popcorn buckets. Or the spirit jerseys. Oh, or the spirit. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me of the other things I don't like. (laughs) The Disney Parks merchandise. I'm not about any of those things. But the big thing right now is that people waited up to six hours in line at one of the kiosks to get a popcorn bucket that was shaped like Figment, the Imagination Dragon, that is kind of the unofficial mascot of Epcot. Yeah, I think that's insane. I I don't know what I would wait six hours for, even in like a ride aspect or an experience aspect, but for a popcorn bucket? A popcorn (laughs) bucket. That was $25, might I add. (laughs) Yeah, no. What are you going to do with that when you get home with it? I don't know. Or maybe they're going to try to resell it? Well, let me channel Adam for a second. He would tell you that that's like the whole rigmarole of this nonsense, which is that the people will buy these products and then sell them for like super high markups on the internet, which is insane. Yeah. You couldn't pay me to wait. I wouldn't even wait 30 minutes in line for a popcorn bucket. <laughs> There's nothing merchandise wise that Disney's ever made that I would wait more than 30 minutes for. Yeah. But I'm trying to think 
if there's anything in this world I would wait six hours for, like concert tickets or something. I love music, but I don't think there's a single artist or band that I would wait even six hours for those tickets. Well, you and I did grow up in the generation that grew up before online ticket sales. Oh, yes. So I used to wait in line at Ticketmaster Me too. for things to open and yes. go on sale. And we were just talking about concert tickets yes, earlier this evening. We were. So I have waited in line, although I will say it was not six hours. Uh, I waited in line. I waited in line for the Nickelodeon All That Music and More Festival tickets of 1999, (laughs) of which I took another fan favorite, Carly, too. We were really cool. And uh, we went to Fred Meyer, where there was a Ticketmaster inside. And we waited in line outside and got tickets to the Nickelodeon All That Music and More Fest. Amazing. It was great. It was magical. Did you get slimed? No, but um, Keenan got slimed and so did Amanda Vines on stage. Um, The big headliners were 98 Degrees and B-Star Witched. Bewitched, if you recall. B-Star Witched. (laughs) Yes. That's pretty great. We're on a throwback train right now, folks. We really are. (laughs) But anyhow, so... Let's talk about Disneyland news, which, like I said, nobody waited six hours in any sort of line at Disneyland on the West Coast. But the, I guess, big news that kind of came out, this is so small, (laughs) the Pixar Pals Ferris wheel, of which I know you're a big fan of, Sierra, (laughs) just debuted a uh, onward gondola bucket with the characters of Ian and Barley on it. So if you don't know this... The ride has different Pixar characters on each of the gondola buckets, and now they've got the Onward characters. I will only ride that ride with Raybug, and even then, she wasn't quite sure if she wanted to be on it once we had gotten onto it, Uh, but that's very sweet. I, I liked Onward. You liked Onward. You did not like that ride. I, I did not like that ride. I don't think I'll ever get Ray on that ride. And I think that single-handedly put her into the fear of, like, most rides was that experience. I've never seen her eyes bug out of her skull like they did that day. And we were all screaming and laughing, but she was just straight screaming. So I've never laughed that hard on a ride. And you know me. I I laugh on Thunder Mountain. I, I laugh <laughs> when I'm having fun. But this was just absolute ridiculousness we went on one of the swinging gondolas so we were moving the whole time and i remember bug was holding on to you so tightly and i was I, we have a video of it I i'm laughing do. hysterically yes. i can't get a hold of myself yeah and it, ray just looks like she's just terrified pure terror pure terror yeah yeah we'll have to post that on, <laughs> on the instagram just to show you all how, my finest, how we scarred our child yeah not my finest moment either No. But anyhow, you can ride the ride now and find Ian and Barley of Onward on one of those buckets. So the other news that came out is, did you know, as a magic key holder, that the month of February is the magic key holder appreciation month? I did indeed. And uh, listener Dana Johnson actually sent me that one of the first things that's going to happen is they're going to... (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to talk about that. The sunglasses. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, I feel like we're being negative Nancy's over here, but 
the big celebration for any of you key magic key holders out there is that Disney is unveiling a set of, I would say they are Ray-Ban-esque looking sunglasses that you can get complimentary at the Disneyland Resort for the entire month of February, asterisk, while supplies last. And you can find these bad boys technically over at California Adventure across from Cars Land at the Blue Sky Cellar. They are, I don't know. Did you see the picture? I did. (laughs) They look exactly like a free, cheap sunglasses that you would get from like a car dealership or uh, maybe a kid's birthday party. That kind of environment. Um, They're black with a red stripe on the back with a key that says Disneyland. Will I get them? Absolutely. Do I need them? Not at all. They're going to go in like a basket I keep of all the keepsakes of things I'll never use. Like the buttons they give you and all that kind of stuff. They yes. all go in there. Like I've kept my magic key box. I don't really have a use for the lanyard or any of that stuff, but I'll probably put them in there. Yeah. yeah. And pass them on down. You know, for what it's worth, I do have, and so do you from our friend Kim, like a booklet of the e-ticket attractions a mm-hmm. long time ago. I think the book stamp says like 1970 one or 1972 on it and that is an awesome keepsake so i always think of that anytime i get this kind of like you know just ridiculous stuff from disneyland like the buttons i'm like okay i could easily throw this away but i'm gonna keep it because you never know it could be really nostalgic for my daughter or my grandchildren one day yeah and aaron laplante gave me like a little also like a little booklet not of e-tickets but of like a not a stamp book but it's like it's Tinkerbell and you can flip through it and look at like random like little facts and little stories about Disneyland. And I love that. I love little things like that because it's part of the past and part of Disneyland's history. And obviously us being huge fans of Disneyland now, it's really cool to look back and think where they were then. 100%. Versus where we are now. Absolutely. Also, our friend Aaron gives the best gifts. He, a few years ago, found me, I want to say this was from the also the early 70s or maybe more late 70s, but these like four, not ashtrays, but those like collectible mini plates that are like the size of a mini pancake. And they have the Magic Kingdom in Florida, different like designs. And it was definitely from the 70s. And I love it. And I cherish it. And it's in the original packaging. He is like a thrift shop guru. He finds the coolest stuff. So. Oh, Aaron, you doll. I know. So the best. considerate. One of the best humans. The best. Anyhow, that's kind of the news. Not a lot of exciting stuff here on the West Coast. So I'll take it. It's it's fine. It's the start of the year. I'd rather it be not crazy news heavy, if I'm being honest. Yeah. No news is good news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. Cheers to that. Cheers. We're drinking beer. <laughs> a beer you used to be able to get at Disneyland. Can't any Not anymore. Or, well, I should say California Adventure. Yes. Well, speaking of beer, another big reason why I brought Sierra on is that Sierra just celebrated her birthday at Disneyland in California Adventure just a couple of days ago. And this was the second time that Sierra got to test out the Genie Plus system at Disneyland. So I wanted to bring Sierra on and I wanted to hear everything, the good, the bad, the happy, the ugly, everything in between about how the Genie Plus system worked for you and your party. And if you had any strategies or tips that you have learned along the way now that you're two rounds in to the Genie Plus. So this last time we went, our whole party wasn't together immediately. 
So I initially purchased the Disney Plus for the group that was with me when the park opened. And just to be clear, this is right now a thing that you always purchase the moment the park opens. Like you have to buy Mm -hmm. it when you've gone into the park, not in advance. I believe you can purchase it with your ticket if you purchase it in advance and it gives you the option then you can Uh do that. But us all Mm -hmm. being ticket holders from before the pandemic and also, you know, right. Key holder, we were given the option when we entered the park. Got it. Okay. Yes. But I believe you are given the option if you purchase a brand new ticket. Okay. So we went in, the three of us purchased, we were waiting for three more. Mm-hmm. When they entered, I will say first off the bat, Genie Plus isn't as user friendly as Max Pass was. Right. Which we should also just be clear if you don't recall, Max Pass was the pre COVID version of Genie Plus, and it was essentially kind of the same thing, but maybe a little bit better, uh, where you could pay $20 or $25 for the day and you could get all of your fast passes right on your phone rather than having to go get the physical ticket, which is what they were doing before the pandemic. Now, fast passes have been obliterated on both East and West Coast and you're doing Genie Plus if you want any sort of fast pass-esque experience. Yes. Max Pass just seemed like the layout of it was just a little more user-friendly. Genie mm. Plus makes you work a little harder. When you open the home app, it takes a minute to kind of find, and there's like a little strip of Genie Plus, and even then you go to your day or something, and you click on tips, and mm-hmm. then it pulls up wait times, and then you can click on Lightning Lane. And it's just, it's if you don't know the app, it takes more finesse. So the first time I used it, it was much more of me on my phone and paying less attention to my family who was with me at the time because I was trying to figure out what was going on. At one point, I felt like I needed to ask a cast member for help. Luckily, I was able to figure it out on my own. (laughs) Um, The second time, it didn't make it any easier though. I will say, in fact, I'm, I'm going to bring it up on my phone just to make sure I'm not giving anybody <laughs> the wrong information. But you want to go to My Genie Day and then go to Tip Board. Oh, okay. And then it brings up, oh, look at this. Everything's five minutes. Anybody, uh, you know, around Disneyland at 10.05 p.m. on a Thursday, everything's 10 minutes. I'm sure the park's going to close pretty soon, but you I can think go, in, go in at this hour and it's going to all be super low. So it'll say... Lightning Lane Genie Plus, and you click on it, and it'll give you your options, much like Max Packs. Or mobile ordering, where it'll or say, mobile, like, here's yes. the hours of which you can go pick up your food. Right. And much like Max Pass, you have to wait until the top of that time. If you don't make it to your Fast Pass, sorry, your Genie Plus <laughs> reservation, you cannot book another Genie Plus reservation until the end of that hour. We made it to the top or the middle. Mostly. Mm -hmm. And then the absolute moment we checked in for our reservations at whatever ride it was, I made another one. Which is a big tip and strategy. Huge tip. I've heard even in Florida, too, that you should do. So you're saying the second you check in, you know, your phone dings and you're clear to go through the line, the short, the short line, the lightning lane line of that ride. You should be right back on your phone and pick your next ride. Correct. It helped us tremendously. And my husband, who never goes to Disneyland with me, went with me for my birthday. Um, And some friends of ours who also never go to Disneyland with me also went with us. And they will uh, attest to the fact that we did not wait 
in line for longer than 20 minutes Interesting. Uh, this last weekend. And we were there on a Saturday. We were there on a holiday weekend and, you know, lines were not terribly short. I think the longest line we encountered that we didn't wait for, but that we noticed was Guardians was 120 minutes at one point. Oh my gosh. And we didn't wait more than 20 minutes in line because of Genie Plus. But of course, you do have to pay for it. It is $20. I think Max Pass actually was $10 when it was. It was. When they initially yeah. opened it, it was $10. What a sweet deal. It's a steal. And they included Photo Pass, which I don't mm-hmm. think Genie Plus does. It does indeed. Oh, it does. It does oh, include okay, it. Yes. So that is a plus. Okay. Genie Plus. Okay, that's why they call it that. <laughs> I've been around Ryan too long, <laughs> yeah. um, making dad jokes. Oh, no. But yeah, um, it does include PhotoPass, and it's pretty brilliant. But again, it's not user-friendly. You kind of have to take the time to learn. And if you are new to the parks, I would suggest going to a cast member at the top of the day and asking for a little bit of help. But my biggest tip is... Absolutely, the moment you check in for your, your appointment, ride. your yeah. your reservation is to check for your next ride. Yeah. And my other suggestion is we were getting ready to switch parks and I looked, you have to literally click change park on the app. Oh, interesting. So you can't pick Haunted Mansion while you're in California Adventure because you're in the other park. You can, but you have to change parks on your app. Oh, that's not as terrible. But you'd never see it. It's like the tiniest little button on the bottom right. It says Disneyland Park, and then literally the tiniest text you've ever seen, it says change parks. So you have to be kind of savvy with this stuff, and they have definitely not made it friendly, especially because people are paying $20 ahead for this convenience. You would think that they'd make it a little bit more user-friendly. That's so interesting. It's kind of sad. I I really hope that we look back on this time of like 2020 to 2022 as thinking like, wow, what was Disney doing with a lot of their like bizarro, unuser friendly things? Now we can say it. Bob Chapek. <laughs> we'll say it. She just mouthed Bob. I think it's a common thing. And we talk about it all the time on the podcast that like. There's been some very bizarre changes, and that's also the window of which the CEO that's currently sitting has been in leadership. And so I hope we look back on this time and see it as a blip of, wow, that was so weird. As weird as we say that the 25th anniversary at Disney World, they put bizarre cake toppings all over the castle. I want to look back on this time and think it was kitschy and weird, but we are living in kind of some strange times with Disneyland right now and world. Yeah. And I think our friends who went with us, Jose and Maggie, they never go to Disneyland and Jose signed up to do the mobile ordering and do all of that stuff on his own. And I set him up for it and he's going, how do I do this? And I'm showing him literally step by step and he's going, how would you know this if you don't frequent Disneyland and if you don't use this app all the time? We had the same experience with my in-laws. They hadn't downloaded the app. We did it all for them and paid for everything through our app. And then they're like, well, just Venmo you later. And it was just such a kerfuffle. I think that that's the best word to describe Disneyland and Disney World with technology right now. It's all kind of a kerfuffle of weird. And I hope that they can make it user-friendly. They can make it universally accepted by all of the people who visit. And that it doesn't have to feel 
So run and gun to be on your phone all the day or to hurry up at 3 a.m. to get the top reservations for dining or to get there at the park to rope drop just so you can ride a ride so that you don't have to later in the day pay $15 for that exact same ride. All of it feels like things that we never had to worry about even five years ago are now extremely challenging, unnecessarily challenging, one might say. Agreed. I will say we paid for Rise and we waited, I'm not exaggerating, you guys, 10 seconds. (laughs) Wow. We basically walked right onto the ride. And then as soon as we were put in line, we were at the front of it. They just opened the doors to the experience. So that I felt like was worth the money, but I'm so disappointed that Radiator Springs is included Mm. in in that where you have to pay extra for, for Radiator Springs. I understand Rise and I understand Web Slingers because they're so new and because the demand is so high. Radiator Springs is stretching it a little bit and it's also up there. It's still like $20 most days. Mm -hmm. And if you're a family of four and you're going and you pay for Genie Plus because you're like, oh, we go Mm -hmm. once every couple of years. Here we are. Family of four is, you know, $80 and then $80 for Rise and then another $80 for Radiator Springs and then another $80 for Web Slingers. It's like you're going to have to wait in line for one of those or multiple of those or all of them. So you're basically saying that you can choose to take your family on (laughs) one, like on Radiator Springs Racers, your entire family of four or five, or you could pay that same dollar amount to bring an entirely additional individual into Disneyland at around 120, which is a day ticket. Yes. So I think it is so sad (laughs) that that's where we're at, but... I guess that's where we're at right now with all this paid service. So I guess my question to you, Sierra, is with the lightning lane, and maybe we should take it a step back, that Genie Plus, which is what you're describing right now, is $20 a day. And then there are two rides that are withheld from Genie Plus that are not included. And at Disneyland, that is Space Mountain. No, just Rise. Just Rise. Mm -hmm. Oh, total. Okay. So at Disneyland, it's Just Rise the Resistance. And then at California Adventure, it's Radiator Springs Racers and the new Web Slingers ride in Adventures Campus. So you're saying that each of those rides are an additional $20 separate to your already previously paid $20 of this Genie Plus if you're choosing to ride those rides. Correct. And you did pay for a couple of those when you went with your mother and sister. Yes, we paid for... Actually, no, we only paid for Radiator Springs. So was it worth it? My mom loves Radiator Springs. So it felt worth it in the moment. But again, there were three of us. It's $120 extra on top of the day that we're already having just to ride the rides. Yeah. And it it puts it into perspective because especially, you know, you and I go so often. We've ridden all of these rides multiple times. And I'm on Radiator Springs and I obviously love it. And I love my mom. She goes once every five years and she's having a blast. She's she's loving it. But I can't help but think this was a free experience a couple of months ago. Yes. Uh Yeah. And it was included in Max Pass. Yeah, it was. We weren't paying extra. I know. It was included in the free service of FastPass that any guest could experience. So so my question to you is, do you think we'll ever go backwards and go back into a free system? I don't think so because people like me are paying for 
the lightning lanes. I know. We're the chumps. I know. We're about to go to Disney World and I already prepaid for Genie Plus. I want to try it out. And I see that there is some value, no pun intended, to it that we can get a lot of our favorite rides accomplished in a quick span of time, especially with a young one where we're not going to want to stay in the parks for too long. But it seems like a good fit. But it's a bitter pill to swallow. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I definitely felt that in the morning when I was getting everybody's Genie Plus and then I got everybody's Rise. As soon as all of us were in the parks, I got us our Rise reservations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a quick swipe. It, it it feels less like you're spending money because you're not even putting a card in a machine. You're not even handing anybody a card. You're You're double-clicking the face recognition on your phone. So it feels less painful, but at the end of the day, you're hyper aware of the (laughs) fact that you're paying to ride a ride that you've already paid to ride by coming into the park. I know. And then our friends are paying for parking and, you know, we stayed at a hotel and it's like all of these things are... Quickly adding up. Yeah. Yeah. And I, my brain goes to, again, the families of four, the families of six, We see constantly, as people who frequent Disneyland, we constantly see family reunions. Mm -hmm. Big, humongous groups of people that are going into the park. And I'm thinking, oh, Mm -hmm. God, how are you navigating the day? But then also, we got to the end of the day. And my husband, who hates waiting in line, who is not the biggest Disneyland fan, although he He goes once a year. He goes once a year, maybe. Yeah. and But he does have a lot of fun. Don't let him tell you otherwise. (laughs) He... Couldn't get over the fact that we waited in no lines. That was like his highlight. Would you say that if you were visiting Disneyland once a year or less, is Genie Plus worth it? Yes. Is it worth it if you go five times a year? I mean, if you got the money to throw at it, yes. But honestly, as often as we go, I'm saying it's worth it for us to maybe do it once in all of our times that we go a year. To do like a full day. But again, that's a lot on the kid. It's a lot on Ray. It's a lot on everybody. We walked 17 miles on Saturday. I really crammed rides down everybody's throats on Saturday. But again, we didn't wait in line. But we did ride everything everybody wanted to ride. So I think it also sounds like you're saying it depends on the party that you're going with. If you're going with a group that's going to be slow or, I mean, you went with a big group. Were there six or eight of you? Six? Six of us without you guys. Six of you guys. So that's a lot of people that basically you see are are finagling their schedules of newbies, total newbies. And that's a big stress. So I think the tip I would have, a person who has not done Genie Plus yet, but what I'm hearing is Read the room. Since, like, if you're going with your party and you know that you're going to be the person that's going to be responsible for the six or eight people you're going with and finagling all of these times, is it worth your personal headache over this process? If you're going with a bunch of adults like Sierra just did, it might be worth it. If you're going with a family and you've got, you know, some grandparents, some little ones, Maybe skip it. Just enjoy the atmosphere. I wouldn't waste the money right now, at least while there's all these kinks also with Genie Plus on this particular service. Yes, I agree. And also I think, you know, our days with Ray and anytime we go with kids, it's much easier to have a more relaxed schedule, not have anything on the books, much flowier, feels more conducive to our sort of environment with kids. 
and again, I don't have a family. I don't have a, a little one, but I often see families who are. She has no family that will claim her. <laughs> Gen D podcast family, please claim Sierra. I need a family. Help me. <laughs> She's lying. She has a loving family and a husband. <laughs> and but a I, dog. Often, I often see families who are like waiting in line and the kids are miserable and they're forcing their kids to go on these rides because they don't go very often. Right. And that looks like misery. Don't you agree that that's kind of the conundrum of visiting Disneyland infrequently right then and there? Like, I feel that even on the days that we go, and we go once a month, if not more often, with our kid. Um, but you feel this pull of like, we spent all this money. We need to get our money's worth out of this trip. And I would only speculate that purchasing Genie Plus is going to add to that stress. So if you're in a place where you're saying, I've already spent enough for our family of four to come through the gate once a year, this is a, a mild fortune we're spending, don't buy Genie Plus. Go wait in the line, go ride a few rides, enjoy the atmosphere, see some of the shows and the parades, and maybe treat yourself to a nicer sit-down restaurant or something. But don't waste it on Genie Plus if rides are not your single objective of the day with your family. Yeah, I definitely think my sort of selfishness was I had people there that never go. I go often. I wanted them to experience Rise. I wanted them to see Avengers Campus. I wanted them to go on Pirates. You know, when people are there who don't go very often, there's almost a pressure Totally. To see everything and do everything. Yep. And you're right. Like if they're there for one day and they've spent a fortune, you want them to be able to experience everything. But also I feel like the group that I went with, if I'm being honest, if I wasn't such a Disneyland person and I didn't know the app as well and I hadn't figured out Genie Plus, I think they would have honestly been just happy to to be there. To hang. Yeah. You know, I don't ride in Coaster. A few of us hung back. They went on it. I got them the passes. I literally went up, put my phone in the thing, and then John and I hung back. And, yeah, you know, moments like that, moments of sort of zen that we get to experience all the time when we go, they didn't get that because I felt like, oh, you guys have to ride this. Oh, do you want to ride a coaster? Oh, do you like these things? Like, let me get you Genie Plus passes for them. So you know? the key we're saying, and I think this is something I've said a lot on this podcast, is that like, this sounds so lame to say it this way, but like, lower your expectations. It doesn't matter if you go to Disneyland once a week or you go once every 10 years. Go in with as little expectation as possible and you're probably going to have the most incredible trip. If you go in with the high expectations, which is what Disneyland is setting you up for it these days. They're expecting that you're going to buy $20 a person worth of Genie Plus, that you're going to want to eat every meal at Blue Bayou, which is an impossible restaurant reservation to get. They're wanting you to ride Rise of the Resistance, which you absolutely should if you have not gone it because it's incredible. However, they're prepping you because that's what marketing does to expect all of those things. I think you expect maybe one of those things. And plan on, hey, we'll visit again another day. But we are going to have the best day in those spontaneous moments. Some of our best trips, the our group, have been just days where we've gone and done basically nothing. Yeah. And there are days where we don't go on any rides. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that for anybody who's paying for a ticket that doesn't have a magic key to do that. But we have the ability to do that. And there are days where we just 
let Ray play on the coolest playground on the universe, which is the Redwood Creek Trail. Yes. And it's a great day. It's a wonderful day. But I think it's about managing your expectations. A hundred percent. And I think also, if you don't hit everything, just know that there's another trip coming down the path. Yeah. You'll be able to visit again. And, you know, I also think if you're coming from out of town, there's a two-day situation, maybe, that could be figured out. Because the parks, while Disneyland and California Adventure are small and they're definitely doable in one day, we could have easily done two days to separate it. Because again, we walked 17 miles. I was on my phone the whole day making reservations. I was mobile ordering for everybody. You know, there's there's a level of expectation. I think that's the word du jour. I think it really is. So maybe this is our hot tip to you, a podcast listener who maybe doesn't go to Disneyland like a million times a month like us. If you're planning a trip once a year or once every few years, Make sure you make it count by adding on another day or two. Three days tops with Disneyland and you're going to have every ride experience done. You don't need Genie Plus for it. You can get everything you want. You can probably get those reservations. You're going to have a really relaxing trip. If you're trying to squeeze it all in in one day, which many of us Californians like to do, it's going to be a stressful, busy, long day. And maybe you should get the Genie Plus then. Yeah, and that's another thing, like the the reservation thing, like you mentioned, people getting up at three in the morning to make reservations, Adam waking up at six in the morning to get us our virtual queue back in the day when Rise was on that, and you doing that. I still do it. (laughs) Dana and Ryan and I, when we first went back to the, or no, before the pandemic, right before the pandemic, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, literally the week before the world shut down. Oh, yeah. Do you remember you and I were cheersing COVID? This little, like, thing we didn't think was a real thing yet. Yes. We were like, yay, COVID. I guess the crowds are a little lower. And we got the Rise of the Resistance tickets that day, the boarding group. We got onto Main Street. I'll never, I will never forget this morning. We got into the security line. We got the slowest security line that ever (sighs) was. And Ryan, your poor husband, who's the nicest guy on the face of the earth for everybody who hasn't met him, He was so frustrated by this single (laughs) security (laughs) person. It was like a comically like slow old man who wanted to have a deep and meaningful conversation with every single individual he checked their bags through. Which and he was so sweet, but it was like you know that we're all here for the same thing at (laughs) six in the morning. We all just want to get through. I and. We got through on that day. We did. But it was by the skin of our teeth. It literally, like, you could get in at 7 and we were in at, like, 7.01. Mm-hmm. And we were on Main Street with everybody else. And I swear to God, that clock turned whatever the <laughs> heck time it was. And you pushed join virtual queue. And it was as if the entire Main Street population had won the Super Bowl. We were cheering like we had literally landed on the moon. Like everybody, at least, who had gotten into a virtual queue was cheering like mad. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we rode that ride for the first time that day, all of us. And I remember thinking, how weird is a virtual queue? Yes. And now here we are. We, We were so used to it. But nobody would have known that if you weren't at least in the know in the Disney no. Can you imagine coming from out of town and being novice and someone telling you you have to join a, a virtual queue on an app? 
Well, I guess that's our hope for this podcast is that we're bringing you guys some of this knowledge to know, to be aware. I think that's another hot tip that we should be sharing is download the Disneyland app as soon as you possibly can. The minute you know you have a trip planned, download it and get familiar with it. You don't have to be in the parks to open up that app. You should look at it now. You should see all the various wait times, click on everything, get to know where mobile ordering is, where the map is, where the Genie Plus button is. Everything Sierra has just described, be aware of it in advance so that you're not as blindsided in the moment. Know where you want to eat. If you want to make a reservation, do your um, research Mm -hmm. about where you need to make a reservation, when you need to make a reservation. Unfortunately, yeah. link your tickets with your group. Mm-hmm. That's like the one of the biggest tips I can possibly lend to anybody. I've had groups of friends go also who didn't one know of the to link. Easiest tips. If you have the app and you have your own ticket on the app and you pull it up in the ticket section, there's a little barcode scan, just like everything we're familiar with in 2022. And you can just take your phone and scan it on your friend's barcode and it will pull up their ticket and then magically you're linked. So do that with your entire party and you will have all of them right there. It's a really helpful tool, especially if you're going from park to park and you're wanting to just scan in all four or six of your guests. You can just do it from one phone rather than everybody pulling out their own phone and showing their ticket. Yeah. Countless times we've all crossed across to parks And someone else is pulling out their phone and scanning all of us. Yeah. And then we all just go through the turnstiles. It makes it easier for the cast member at the turnstile. It makes it easier for our group. Yeah. It's just, it makes things smoother. Yeah. I would say that familiarizing yourself with the app is a really good tip. Do you have any other suggestions about Genie Plus or anything else that you didn't share that you think is important for people to know? I know that you can make, like, Before your trip, you can go and you can say my day and you can kind of say what rides you'd like to hit. Mm -hmm. And Genie Plus, not even Genie Plus, Genie itself. Yeah, we didn't explain that. I'm unfamiliar. (laughs) I'm not familiar enough. But they'll give you suggestions about what ride to hit next and that'll be on your homepage. So it'll say, suggestion, Pirates of the Caribbean is only a 30-minute wait. You wanted to ride this. You wanted to ride this. Do you want to do it right now? Like that? Mm -hmm. Uh Mm-hmm. And it'll say, based on your suggestions or your interests or where you are in the park, it'll say, suggestion. Mm -hmm. This is going on. So that's another thing. Maybe create your day. Create what you'd like to hit. Mm -hmm. And it'll pop up throughout the day and it'll say, oh, the wait line went down. The wait's now only 20 minutes instead of 40 minutes or whatever. So my 30-second recap is that Disney Genie is essentially Waze, and you can use this as telling you where the most heavy crowds and the lightest crowds are, and it will direct you to saying, like, exactly what Sierra just described. Go ride Haunted Mansion because the line is the shortest it's been all day here at 3 p.m. Genie Plus is the paid system we've been talking about this entire episode where you do pay $20 at Disneyland per person uh, to essentially get that fast pass system via the mobile ordering setup like we've been describing. Yes. And it's important to note that the Genie Plus, the lightning lanes are labeled by an italicized capital L, capital L. So you'll go down the list and it'll say that for you. And if you get down to Rise or Web Slingers or Radiator Springs, it'll give you that option and you click on it and it'll 
purchase it and you can click on in your group who's in the park. Take you that pay setup. It'll take you to that setup. I can't wait for us to look back on this and be like, what a complicated, unnecessarily complicated system. Because I can see that this could be a lot easier. I know it will be a lot easier. I've used magic bands in the past over at Disney World. I know we're getting them out here at Disneyland. It will get simpler. Not there yet. I'm having a little bit of a if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind Uh of moment where it's like MaxPass worked well. Why not use the MaxPass sort of system but attach another payment to it if you want to ride Rise? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like MaxPass, there was nothing wrong. It's virtually the same thing. And if they wanted to add a tip board where you said, okay, I don't want to pay for this service, but I'd like some advice on how to hit the rides I want to hit, it could still come up with that suggestion. It doesn't need to be as complicated as Genie Plus. My speculation on that, they probably wanted to streamline East and West Coast systems to be the same thing. But here's something. I'll leave you with this, Sierra, and everybody listening. The rumor I've heard is that the Disneyland Genie Plus is a simpler system to get than the Disney World one. We're so much smaller than Disney World. Yes, but you've just spent the last 45 minutes explaining (laughs) how complicated this system is. I've gone off on a couple of tangents. So just add in two more parks to that and you've got the Disney World one. Truly, I cannot fathom. You'd be on your phone. You would have no time. For your friends and family that were with you at the park. So one more hot tip for everybody. (laughs) Make sure you bring a portable phone charger for the day. (laughs) Oh, yes. Because the app blasts your phone up to full brightness. Yes, it does. For the tickets especially. Uh Yeah. Uh It does. So that is a very good tip. Yep. Phone charger. charger. (laughs) I always put that in my tips for my clients. I'm like, make sure you bring a phone charger. If you don't have one, buy one off Amazon tomorrow. It will be your godsend for this entire trip. Yes. And maybe we can have an entire episode about my uh, fanny pack one day. Well, your fanny pack would take an entire episode (laughs) because it's absolutely gigantic. Before we go, real quick, I wanted to hop over to a park we never talk about on this podcast the park that maybe shouldn't be named, but Universal Studios. So I have a lot of clients who come out here. They have been to Disney World before. They know Universal and Disney World, and they know how awesome they all are. I often, frankly, tell people not to check out Universal Studios. However, you and I, Sierra, are annual pass holders of Universal Studios California. And I wanted to take a quick minute, maybe five minutes, where we can talk about Universal Studios and if people find that it would be worth it or not for their trip if they're out here in Southern California. Yeah. You know, you don't live too far away from it. You used to work literally there. I worked Uh, on – You could see the park on the lot of your office. Um, My husband works on the lot, and we live literally four minutes away from it. So it is – an easy choice for us to be pass holders. But yes, I I definitely agree that if I were coming from out of town, I would be a little disappointed. It's a little too small. It is much cheaper and they haven't quite gotten the food figured out. So it just, it doesn't quite seem worth it. Yeah. The food is like Take crappy theme park food and you got it there in Universal Studios. They have not figured out. uh, CityWalk. CityWalk has great food. 
eat at CityWalk, but don't eat inside the park if you can avoid it. Agreed. The only thing that I've found that I've remotely been like, okay, are the fish and chips at uh, Three Broomsticks. Three Broomsticks (laughs) is the best one of the bunch, but everything else is pretty brutal. It is. So I would agree with you on that. If you've been to Universal Studios Orlando, you'll be straight up disappointed. Yes. With California's version. Yes. If you've never been to the Florida version, then enjoy. It's a half day park at best. There are some really fun rides. I think it's important to note, and this is something I tell people whenever they visit uh, Universal Studios Hollywood, it is on an actual working movie studio lot. And so they can't have rides that require screaming outdoors. So anything that would be considered a thrill ride where somebody would scream is all indoors. So we have the best ride, which is the Jurassic World ride. It's amazing. And it's, I don't even want to spoil it here. But I think it's maybe my favorite ride of all of California, even over Rise of the Resistance right now. Kim, fan favorite Kim, and I would agree with you. It's just the best. It's simply the best. Um, That doesn't mean that Universal Studios is the best. I want to be clear on that. But that singular ride is amazing. And when you drop on that ride, it's all indoors. They have to contain the screaming. So it's all limited in nature. It's not going to get bigger ever. Um, It's always going to be a small half-day park. And if you happen to do a day in Los Angeles and you want to go see just Warner Brothers tour and do the Universal in the afternoon, that's a great suggestion. But I wouldn't expect a Disneyland quality day at Universal Studios. Agreed. And I think the coolest thing about the Universal Park in Hollywood is, you know, because it is on a working lot and they have a tram ride... Yeah. And and honestly, you know, Dana and I are both very familiar with the industry. We're both currently in it, um, and I grew up in it. It's still really cool yes. to go on the freaking tram ride. And, and you guys, you drive through sets where Gene Wilder and Boris Karloff and these monsters, no pun intended, but monsters of industry – yeah. started phantom of the opera the original phantom Ugh. of the opera was filmed there uh, dracula i mean you can't you don't get any bigger and more legendary than universal monsters and i mean think about all the movies that have come out of universal hitchcock hitchcock They've got a great on- a great base motel psycho piece in the studio tour that is maybe my favorite part which i actually learned is not the original hotel oh i believe that I it's, fully believe that. It's from the th- second or third Psycho, but the house is original. There's a second or third Psycho? I also asked the exact same question. I have no idea. Wow. But yes. Okay. They have, <laughs> the Psycho house is the Psycho house, though. Yes. Okay. That is original. Okay, great. Yes. But I mean, it's just, it's 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 legend. You guys, it's, movies. It's legend because you're you are living in Hollywood. You're there. You are you are a part of it. Can I also plug that my first love and always will be my love of a movie studio is going to be Warner Brothers and that if you're going to come out here to California, you're going to visit Disneyland, I would tell you to go do the Warner Brothers tour instead of Universal Studios. I've still never done it. <laughs> are you serious? I have walked that lot and I've never done the tour. 
Are you Aaron, serious? Aaron and I were legit going to just walk onto the lot one day. Like, oh. I, I was like, just take me. And I've, done that, like, yeah, I'll, I've done that a thousand times. Kim has done that a thousand times. We do that all the time. Just do a walking tour. My first job... Go. My first job, everyone out here, was a tour guide at the Warner Brothers lot. And I think, and I still stand by this, it's the best studio tour you'll ever experience because it's a small group of people. It's usually around 12 max and one tour guide. And they drive you or walk you around the lot. So you get to go inside the sound stages, see all the inner workings of every little detail about how they make these TV shows and movies. You get the history, you get the contemporary, you get to really feel a part of it. And then at the end, they have this incredible interactive museum that you get to experience. If you're a Harry Potter fan, it's top notch. I would argue that it's even better if you're a Harry Potter movie fan to go to the Warner Brothers lot and see the actual movie props and all the special effects compared to Universal Studios. So I'll leave it with that. I I don't mean to naysay on Universal Studios because I do love my days there. But if I were coming from any other state or making a big vacation out of this and I wanted to see Hollywood, go to Warner Brothers. Yeah, I agree with Dana wholeheartedly. I'm over here nodding. (laughs) You are. Vigorously. (laughs) Vigorously. You know, I also desperately love my days at Universal, but it's, again, it's convenient. You live exactly one mile away from Universal (laughs) I do. I could literally walk there. I go there. I have a beer. I ride Jurassic World, Transformers. And honestly, you guys, I can just go home. It's a park of convenience. It's a park of nostalgia. We should go again soon. We haven't (laughs) gone in a while. Now I miss it. But not the food. The food's the worst. I'm never going to upsell you on the food. We (laughs) we ate at uh, CityWalk last time we went. We can just do that again. Yeah, the Mexican restaurant there is Mm -hmm. really good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sierra, for joining us on this episode. I really miss you, Adam, but I have so thoroughly enjoyed having both the Sierras and Kim on as our interim hosts for Gen D. We miss you, Adam. I wish you were here. I hope everything's going well. I hope all the unpacking is unpacked and you are living the uh, New York life. Welcome to New York, as Taylor Swift tells us. I don't know about that, but please send me New York bagels. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again, Sierra. Love you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, and you know where to find us. You can find us on the web. You can find us on Instagram. If you're looking for a free quote for any of your Disneyland, Disney World, Disney vacations, hit us up. Happy to give you an absolutely free quote any old time. Uh, And drop us a review. Please tell us how everything's going. We love making this podcast. We hope you love listening to this podcast. And have a great week, all. Bye, everybody. Bye.